You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. You know, anniversaries are key markers in our lives, aren't they? Anniversaries, birthdays, they're key markers in our lives. Some of us age until we're not crazy about birthdays. We don't even want anybody to mention our birthday. And yet there are some among you this morning, your birthday is this month. For some of you, literally today is your birthday, like Omid. And Omid's here on his birthday. (laughs) Birthdays are a big deal in my family. They always have been. And if anybody in my family, especially my wife, says, you don't have to get me anything for my birthday, that means you better get me something (laughs) for my birthday. So that's your cue, okay? Clue into that. Today is the birthday of the church. Now, some would say this is when the church really began. And we could say that. Many theologians say that. Many preachers and teachers say that. And we believe that. But some would say that the church began on a hill far away called Calvary, Golgotha, where Jesus suffered, bled, and died, breathed his last. Because it was on that day that a certain man, a a criminal, someone who deserved his fate, but Jesus did not. Jesus was unjustly crucified. But there was a certain man who was on the cross next to Jesus who said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, in that moment, said, today you will be with me in paradise. That could be one of the very first salvaic moments in Jesus' ministry. But I would also say there were salvaic moments before that, that the Holy Spirit of God was around before that and before the Holy Spirit actually came at Pentecost. I would say that the Spirit was with God at the very beginning of creation as it hovered over the waters. I would say that Jesus Christ was with God at the very beginning of creation, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have always been. And they each play a significant role in our lives. Significant. And to think that many of us, for years, maybe decades, have never really, truly had access to that Holy Spirit. Not so at Misty Creek Community Church, where we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we believe it's very important that we not forget that God himself sent the most powerful spirit, the most powerful essence of himself upon his believers. And that same spirit was with you at the very moment of conception when God breathed life into you. It's a beautiful thing, folks, because that spirit is with you at the very beginning And when you receive Jesus Christ and you make him Lord and Savior of your life, you ignite that spirit. It comes alive. It's a divine spark that's always been there, but it becomes a mighty flame when you receive Jesus and he baptizes you in his spirit. Some of you have never even heard that concept before. What? I've heard of baptism in water, but baptism by the spirit, that's when God manifest his full essence in you. 
And he gives you his gifts, the gifts of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control, <laughs> which is hard for a lot of people. And so let's get back to this anniversary thing, the birthday thing. It's a big deal. Anniversaries are a big deal. Wedding anniversaries. Karen's mom and dad just celebrated their 58th wedding anniversary. I met a couple the other day. Now listen to this. In an assisted living facility, she's in memory care and he's on the independent side. Listen to this. It's going to be hard to figure this out. They've been married for 77 years. Can you beat that one? 77 years. Talk about a teenage bride. 77 years. And although she has severe Alzheimer's, she knows she's been married for 77 years. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? He does too. And they remember where they met, and they remember their first song. I love it. Don't you love that? So a few Sundays ago, we had a, a milestone that we celebrated we honored our high school and college graduates. It was very special. It was a sacred occasion here at the church. These are things that we celebrate annually. And we, we should look forward to them. We need to look forward to these special anniversaries. Anniversaries mark the significant passages of our lives. They also give us the framework for our stories. And we remember birthdays. We remember anniversaries. We remember graduations. Special events like that. That's not only true of happy times, of course, but also of our difficult times. For some people, birthdays aren't that exciting. They bring up memories. That brings sadness. If you've experienced the breakup of a marriage, each year you remember the time when that happened. If you've lost a loved one, a spouse, a parent, a child, those dates are forever pressed upon your memory. Those anniversaries are not marked by parties, but they are times of remembrance. You remember. And I would encourage you when you remember those that you've lost to remember those good times and those, those memories and those connections that you had rather than always the sad things. You know, I've done funerals for folks that have died on Christmas Day. I remember driving by a funeral home one time. It was Christmas Eve and the marquee outside the funeral home had six names on it. I'm like, what? God, this isn't supposed to happen. People are not supposed to die on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. What is that? But they do. I've done a funeral on Christmas Day. I've done a funeral on a person's birthday. I've done a funeral just before a special day like Mother's Day, Christmas, Easter. When we lose loved ones on special days like Christmas, our story, our Christmas story will be different from other people's Christmas stories. If you've lost loved ones close to you, your Christmas, your Easter, birthdays, Valentine's Day, whatever celebrations, they're just different. It can be a sad time for you. This is important, not only individuals, but also for our country. It's important for us to remember even the times that our country has struggled. And we celebrate around July the 4th with fireworks and outdoor barbecues because it reminds us of our founding days. It reminds us of our independence. Every year, some people remember Pearl Harbor Day 
or the anniversary of the killings at Columbine or the Virginia Tech killings or the day that will be forever etched in our minds, the the digits, 9-11. And now, the Uvalde school shooting. Anniversaries remind us of negative things and positive things. They remind us of our stories. So it's important today that we observe the church anniversary of Pentecost. This is the day when we tell the stories and celebrate the events that gave birth to the church. Now, in the first few weeks after the resurrection, there was no organized church, just people who had followed Jesus, who had experienced his resurrection. Then it began to happen. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now, the they refers to about 120 people. Followers of Jesus. Now, some would say that's about what we have today in person outside and joining us online. I was on Facebook Live. If you wonder, I check in with folks and see who's watching. There's probably about 75 people watching right now. So that's a pretty good number. So I would say we've got 120 or more, maybe 150, 160, somewhere in there. So they're gathered. Followers of Jesus, both men and women, who were waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised them. So they're just sitting there and they're, they're waiting He had promised them this just before he ascended into heaven. Now, let's focus on the last part of that verse. They were all together in one place. Guess what? We're all together in one place. We're all together. They were all together. Now, the actual Greek word here is a compound word. Don't you love compound words? Not. Two separate words. Actually, they're mashed together to create a new concept. It's a difficult word to pronounce, so I'm going to see if you can do it. Here it is. Now, Eric Oliver, back there, our tech guy, he pronounced it perfectly the first time. Let's see. Can you do it? Give it a shot. I heard a few of you pronounce it okay. Eh, that's, that's, that's good. I'd say that's okay. We don't have to worry too much about the pronunciation, but we want to know what it means. This word is only used... 12 times in the Bible, but it's used 10 times in the book that we've been studying for 10 weeks. Did you know that? We've been studying the book of Acts for 10 weeks. And somebody said to me last week, do we ever um, like study one book of the Bible for more than like two weeks? I said, how about 10? Oh, I guess I haven't been to church in a while. You haven't. Um, I think this is 11 weeks of Acts and we still have two more to go. So there you go. All righty then. And so it's used, there's your Jim Carrey reference for you, Brian. It always shows up. So it's used 10 times in the book of Acts. But what does it mean, Stephen? The two words separately mean to rush along and in unison. To rush along in unison. That's what it means. It sounds like a good word to apply to a close-knit sports team. I was watching the Boston Celtics play the other night. You may not know that they're in the championship with the Golden State Warriors. Nobody's really given the Boston Celtics a chance. I've been a Celtics fan for years. They're not my favorite team, but I've always followed them. Since even before Larry Bird and Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale and those guys. They play together as a close-knit team. It's like they read each other's minds when they play. I love watching a fundamental basketball team, how they set picks and screens, and they they actually pass the ball. I've watched basketball the last decade. They don't pass the ball anymore. That's why one guy can score like 40 points, because he doesn't pass the ball. They pass the ball, and they move. Somebody asked me, how did the old guys win the three-on-three basketball tournament? Because 
we pass the ball, right, Robert? We do, and we look for the open man, and we don't shoot everything. We wait, and we're patient, plus we're old. <laughs> and so, to rush along in unison, sounds like a good sports team. Maybe that would be good for an orchestra, professional orchestra. In the book of Acts, it refers to a group of people who have one mind and one passion. If we want to understand the story and the miracle of Pentecost, if we want to experience that same blessing in our church and community, then we must understand how it began. We must also get to know the God we may not know very well, the Holy Spirit. And next week, the whole message is going to be about getting to know the God you might not have known, the Holy Spirit. We're actually going to hear a brief audio testimony of somebody in this church who was on fire with the Holy Spirit. It's going to be powerful. If you're out of town, on the boogie board or whatever, watch us. Make sure you watch. And don't just listen to the podcast. You miss out so much when you don't get to encounter the worship of Misty Creek Community Church. Please do that if you're not here. Do not miss a Sunday even if you're out of town, because God is doing something together. He's blending it together for a purpose. And so here we are. We want to understand this miracle. If we want to get to know the God we might not know, then we need to realize that Pentecost is God in us, acknowledging that and igniting that divine spark and saying, yes, I want your spirit. I want to serve you, Jesus. I want to follow you. I want to be prompted by you. I want you to speak through me and teach through me and live through me and love through me and fill me with all your great, grand, wonderful gifts. Manifest yourself in me. Remove me out of the picture. and Let me be filled with your fullness. Come, spirit, come. I say it every day, folks. I call on the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. Have I always done that? No. Because I didn't hear any teaching or preaching about the Holy Spirit for decades. For decades. I can't imagine now daring to get up here and preach and teach and Doug lead worship without relying on the Holy Spirit, without leaning into the Spirit and seeking discernment from the Spirit of God. Easter is God for us. Christmas is God with us. But Pentecost is God in us, wanting to come out of us so that the world can see the goodness of God. And many times the world can see the goodness of God, and you don't even have to say a word. That was our teaching with our youth Sunday school today. Some people say, well, it looks like the youth youth group has a lot of fun. They have pool parties, then they go to water parks and all that. Yeah, we do those things, but we also teach the truth of the gospel to our youth group. It's not all fun and games, folks. But when you know the truth of the gospel and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it is fun. It is. Why do we think it doesn't have to be fun? Oh, that Bible study is going to be an hour-long just Bible study. Why can't that be fun? Huh? Why do we just have to read it like this? What do you think? But you've done that, haven't you? And you thought that's what it's like. Do you think that's what it's like? When the disciples and the other 120 folks were sitting around waiting on the Holy Spirit, do you think they just sat there and the Holy Spirit, oh, that's nice. 
Thank you. Not at all. A violent rushing wind. Tongues of fire came upon them. They started speaking in all these languages. Wow. That's a preview of heaven right there, folks. The blessing of Pentecost began with a shared passion. That's a powerful concept, isn't it? The idea of a group of people rushing along in unison, operating with one mind, one passion, and that passion was to honor Jesus Christ as Lord in a place and a time where that declaration could get them persecuted or killed. What if we developed that same shared passion to honor and live like Jesus in our culture, no matter what sacrifices that required? What do you think a group of people can accomplish when they are completely of one mind and one passion? They don't have to be of the same political party. They don't have to have the same opinions about everything. And everybody's got their opinions, don't they? They don't have to be that way. But one Lord, one baptism, one faith, unified together in Christ Jesus. We can be unified like that, folks. We can. And that's exactly who we are here at Misty Creek Community Church. Completely of one mind and one passion. Unified. The favor of God is upon this church. The hand of God is upon this church. We are witnessing miracles. Transformations. It's healthy, folks. It's a healthy congregation because we live and breathe according to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We formed this church together with a shared passion, one passion to be led completely by the Holy Spirit and remove this is what I want. You've been to those churches. If you're that kind of person, you probably won't do well here because it is not about you. It's what God wants, what God desires. There's going to be a meeting here on Thursday. It's our leadership team and members of our renovations team for the first time with our architect. Is that not stimulating? It is. And we're coming into this with no debt. So the dreams, the vision's huge, isn't it? It's massive because it's God's vision. We're not coming into this with our big old notebook. Well, here's what I want to happen. Of course we want more accessible bathrooms. We all know that. But the grand purpose is, how can the kingdom of God grow here? And how do we go about that, Lord? Teach us and tell us what we are to do. And use this architect. And use Carrie Lynn Dick and Liz Hudson and others to show us the way. That's going to be my prayer. I want you to be praying all week long, but especially at noon on Thursday that God's plan and purpose and vision would be accomplished as leaders are meeting right here where you are. May that architect be able to see through God's eyes the potential, not just of these four walls, but the potential of what God wants to do throughout this community around the world. We have a mission team that's going to be going to Ecuador. Did you know that? In September. It'll be our first international mission trip. We tried to do some before COVID and it didn't work out and then COVID hit. We're doing it. We're really doing it. We're going. Thanks be to God.
You're providing 1,200 lunches, 1,100 lunches every single Saturday. That is kingdom building, folks. That's feeding the hungry. That's doing it unto the least of these. It's a shared passion that we have to be completely led by the Holy Spirit. In World War II, sisters Corey and Betsy Ten Boom were imprisoned in a concentration camp in Germany. Their only crime was protecting Jewish families from Nazi persecution. In the evenings, after the two sisters had finished their hard, grueling labors in the prison camp, they had a worship service in the women's barracks. The women knew if the guards caught them worshiping together, they could be beaten or even killed. Still, the sacrifice was worth it to them. They gathered around a Bible that someone had smuggled into the camp. They began each service by singing hymns so softly that they were almost in a whisper. And then Betsy or Corey would open the smuggled Bible and begin reading it aloud. There were women from various countries in the concentration camp. So how did these women of different nationalities and languages worship together? Corey and Betsy read the Bible passage in their native Dutch language, then translated it into German. Then other women in the barracks translated the German words into French and Polish and Russian and Czech. In the waves of whispers, the women ensured that every person in the barracks heard the word of God in her own language. As Corey would later write of these secret worship services, she says, they were little previews of heaven. Little previews of heaven. And that's exactly what Pentecost is meant to be. A little preview of heaven. In Revelation 7, John is given a vision of what heaven will actually look like. In verse 9 he says, he sees a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And what is that great multitude doing? They're singing praises for their salvation through Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. So Pentecost was a preview of this explosion of praise that naturally flows from God's people. But so is worship. Every time Jesus' followers get together to worship or pray and sing praises or to learn the Bible or do mission projects, there should be an outbreak of praise. Think about your last few conversations at church, maybe even this morning. Did they revolve around politics, work issues, family issues, sports, gas prices? Or did they revolve around declaring the wonders of God? If we want the transforming power of the church at Pentecost, then we need to start with a shared passion for God work and an outbreak of praise to God. The second blessing of Pentecost was an outbreak of praise. How about that? You know, for the last few years, we keep hearing about outbreaks. How about an outbreak of praise? People driving by here, do you drive like that? Or do you drive like this? Or are you driving like this? Be honest. Or you got it up here, and you, how you doing that? You're still looking at it. You know what I mean? I see all these little mounts, and I'm like, that's just as strange. you got to look over here. How about this guy over here in your blind spot? Anyway, 
will drive by. They walk by. And they say, you know what happens over there at that chapel? It's been here for years, decades. Every single Sunday, they have an outbreak of praise over there. I like that reputation. An outbreak of praise over there. Those people are led by the Holy Spirit. Those people go out into the community and they minister and they make a difference and they serve and they seek out the lost and the hurting and the destitute. They don't just come and sit on Sunday mornings. They go and they are the active, living, breathing body of Christ seven days a week. They're making a difference. Folks, I love that. I really do. Another blessing of Pentecost is a call to prophesy. You need to listen for just a, another moment or two here on this message. Notice what Peter says in verses 17 and 18 when he quotes the prophet Joel. This is from our reading from Acts today. You did a beautiful job, Sarah Ann. You pronounced those words point blank. My goodness. You know, you have all-time quarterback, all-time reader of Acts, <laughs> chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, Sarah Ann DeFries. <laughs> Got it written in there. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all your people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Notice it says, all. Everybody. All. Everybody. That's what it says. All. Everybody. And they will prophesy. God isn't just talking about those 120 believers who were there on the day of Pentecost. Oh boy, I wish we could go back to the day of Pentecost. We're here. It's Pentecost. What you doing? You're here. He's called you to prophesy. Uh, somebody more in-depth than I am, somebody closer to God than I am. I'm not worried of that. Have you ever read the Bible and the people that God called? <laughs> Are you kidding me? And you don't think you're good enough? Oh, my goodness. It doesn't matter if you've got a speech impediment. It doesn't matter if you've got chronic pain. It doesn't matter if you don't like to be around people or not. God can use you because he will manifest that divine spark will become brighter. He will manifest his good and perfect gifts through you and in you. He's not depending on you necessarily, but he's depending on your willingness and your obedience to him. And he'll give you the words to say and the actions to take. He will do it every time, folks. God is talking about you and me. He's talking about a day when every believer, believer, every believer will prophesy in God's name. He's talking about you and me. Don't let the word prophecy scare you. Prophets are simply truth tellers. They are chosen by God to share the message of God. And you thought it was just the person on the billboard. You drove by and said, prophet so-and-so, prophet is so-and-so on the big billboard. Just them. You thought it was just them. It's not just them. And God doesn't need for you to have all the, the, the glory and the limelight either. He doesn't need you to be on a billboard. He wants you to be humble. Jesus, when he walked into a room where there was people that were in need, he was a rock star. But he didn't leverage that to his own position. Instead, he looked for the greatest needs. 
Who was hurting? Who was suffering? Who was lost? He didn't make it about him. He always made it about God and God's glory. It's not about any preacher or any particular worship leader. It's about God. It's always been about God and it will always be about God. And the power of His Holy Spirit working in and through us. You're chosen by God to share a message from God, of God. A message of warning. A message of hope. If God places a message of warning in your heart, and He wants you to speak that message of warning, speak it. If He wants you to send it, send it. If it's from Him, you'll know. He'll give you confirmation of that. Because if there's any doubt, any reservation, it's probably not from Him. So seek first the kingdom of God. Seek His ways and seek His will. But every prophet's message is essentially the glorious and grace-filled message in verse 21 of our Bible passage today. Did you hear it? It says, here it is, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the message you and I need to share with our family and friends and neighbors and co-workers and random strangers. Everyone. No one is exempt. Well, I'm not sure I can share that message to this person because they belong to this party or they believe this, or they dress like this, or they live at this neighborhood, or they go to this school, or they like this college. Are you kidding me? That's the human dividers. God doesn't do that. That's what humans do. That's what people that live in the flesh do. They create division and disunity and chaos. God is not a God of chaos or disunity, folks. He is a God of unity, of being one together, despite our differences of opinions, despite who we like as a team, despite the food or restaurants we like, that's inconsequential. He's only interested right here in your heart. Share it with your words. Share it with your actions. Share it with your life. God didn't pour out the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, so we would keep God's glory and power and love and truth in these four walls. Man, I like what we got going here at Misty Creek. Let's just keep it like this. Now you see, when that architect's going to meet with our leadership team and renovations team, they're not thinking of just keeping it like this. They're thinking of keeping it without borders. Expanding. What will that look like when we have one passion unified together to glorify Jesus Christ? We've already seen a glimpse of it. I'm looking at it right now. I see it right now. You watching. You outside under the tent. I know there's some people out there. We've gotten a taste of it. But he wants us to get a bigger taste. He wants us to see even more. You and I are called and equipped by the Holy Spirit to be prophets. To share the truth of God and salvation through Jesus Christ with everyone. When you share the gospel, when you share Jesus, when you share what he's done in your life with someone else, you're a prophet. That's prophecy, folks. You're telling good news, transformational news. Every person we ever meet is God's opportunity. Every person we ever meet is God's opportunity. Let that sink in for a moment. I need to say it one more time, don't I? Every person we meet is God's opportunity. Don't pass them by. Don't ignore them. They are God's opportunity. 
What God opportunities are right in front of you? We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.